Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss well thank god david ayers was in carolina tonight oh boy because the leafs had no problem with the reigning vesna trophy winner andre vasilevsky scoring four times in a 4-3 victory over the tampa bay lightning a huge road win we probably shouldn't get that excited because we've you know gone back and forth for a little while Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss well now uh but they needed that one they got it yeah don't get excited because we're not allowed to get excited about stuff it i mean we look like idiots when we just go back and forth yeah so a sort of you know medium level here tonight Mm -hmm. i think would be the best for us yes and probably be the best for everybody else it's great looking at the titles of all our podcasts one by one because it's Leafs surge to a commanding victory on the way to Stanley Cup glory. Leafs forget to shoot, <laughs> like lose yeah. in overtime. Jack Campbell comes in and steals and saves the season. Leafs lose to their own employee who cleans their ice. It's uh, has there ever been? Because we're gonna t- we're gonna cover a lot today in terms of trade deadline and all that. Hopefully, it won't be an hour long like last time was. Although not th- letting that happen. Yes, tonight. we're not letting that happen. There, those were circumstances, extenuating circumstances yeah. there. Um, has there ever been, I think, in, in maybe even in, in modern Leafs history, a more toxic 48 hours? Or not even 48 hours. Toxic, like, uh, yeah, 48 hours since the last game. Honestly, not for a long, long time. Definitely not. Like, no, I mean, never. It, it's been so, it's been really strange. Like, at least it avoided the talk radio cycle for the most part. Yeah, a little bit. Like, it was, there was distractions. There was Sunday. There's obviously very little content happening on Sundays. We were the first to talk about David Ayer. We sure were. Saturday night on Live, Laughs, Leaf. Oh, I can't even say it. It's Live, our own Laugh, title. Leafs. Damn it. Or Live, Laugh, Leafs. Live, Laugh, Leafs. Yes. Like our say. boy George. That yeah. was great. I love George. Anyway, uh, and then Trade Center was sort of a welcome distraction. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a funeral coming in to talk about hockey on Monday because there was a lot of exciting things happening, none of which involved the Leafs, but hey, at least hey, there was a little Callie distraction. Callie Rosen. Hey, that... that Cadre trade incrementally better. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Thought of you because that, that's a real, that's stuck in your craw, that Cadre trade. So now they get an asset back. Well, it's even now. We'll probably get to it, <laughs> but like we are now confirmed that Tyson Berry is a rental and the Leafs traded Nazem Kadri for a rental and Alexander Kerfoot. But I think we can get into that at a different yes, time because we, will. we yeah. should be happy. Mm-hmm. The Leafs went into Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. knocked off maybe the best team or the hottest team or at least the most dangerous team in hockey right now. Uh, and they looked okay doing it. So what has to happen next? That is my segue to your takeaway. 
Well, what happens? What has to happen next is they do this for an extended period of time. I mean, it's nice. Again, like we, how many times have we seen the Leafs come out? They're pushed to the precipice, like the precipice of their season imploding. This hap- This has happened like I, more times than I can count this season. And they're pushed to the precipice, and they fight their way back. They're on the ropes. They get back in there. And, but every single time they've done this in the past, the second this team gets comfortable, or the second this team, sorry, I buried the lead there. The second this team gets off the precipice of their season they get comfortable again they get confident they get cocky not they they think that things are going to get handed to them now that the sky isn't falling and now the sky is not falling anymore florida's on pace to lose tonight i don't know what the score is but they were they were down one nothing heading into i think it was the second period last time i checked they just beat a divisional rival they this things are looking pretty good now they're going into into florida who are now apparently sellers so things are looking all right but they cannot get comfortable here they have to keep pushing the pace they have to keep pushing exactly what they've been doing tonight where they stymied one of the you know the best teams in the league if not the best team in the league that's my takeaway it would say something at the least weren't able to beat out florida who's literally giving away not players not just to the leafs but top six players to other teams they are still in competition with the carolina hurricanes are technically in competition or in the race with the florida panthers even though we know it's either the leafs or panthers but they're giving Vincent Troch. It's I don't get it. Like I, I, yeah, we're not going to get into that. It's just, it's crazy, but you know what? They might catch the Leafs if Jake Muzzin is going to miss some considerable time. So he was a force in the first two periods of these, this game and got hit with a shot in the waning moments of the second period. I guess. He not sure. He did not return for the third period. Uh, It was too bad for him to return. We've seen guys, of his quality or of his, uh, I guess, ilk. ilk. It's a good word, ilk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, play through like bo- broken bones. Like what? I know Morgan Riley did it, but Jake Muzzin do it too when he had the broken. He, yeah, yeah. He, I'm so pretty he sure he played the, the rest game, of the right? game with a broken. So foot. like, I mean, I don't think it's like a small bruise would be my first, you know, inclination with Jake yeah. Muzzin. Like I don't think he's gonna not play and leave the Leafs to have you know five defensemen, Travis Dermott playing 11 minutes. Timothy Lillian and Rasmus Sandin playing majorments against the Tampa Bay Lightning with score effects in full effect uh, when two points is on the line. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about what the Muzzin situation may be. And, of course, we already have Morgan Riley out, Cody Ceci out. It is getting very, very thin, and they could be completely cooked if it's another four weeks without Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin. Yeah, the fact that they didn't offer any update after the game is is concerning like it would have been nice if they came out and said oh you know test came back negative like you should be good because even when they said test came back negative the guy still misses a couple games like they said that about you know andreas jansen when I, his in his first leg injury and he missed i think like three games or something after that they, they've said that about a couple players and uh, the fact that they didn't even come out and say like here's a little bit of an update yeah they're like you have to wait till tomorrow that's I don't think not he's had the test yet which is weird yeah, well, I think he's gonna undergo further tests. That's what okay, they said. Further tests. I don't know how many tests you do. Like, I, I'm not. I've never been behind the scenes in a prof- Like every time I, I got hurt in the GTHL, they went, "Is your bone still in your body? Okay, you're fine. Then keep going." I'd like to think the first test would reveal if there was something truly damaging done. So yeah, okay. But I have no idea. Let's read. Let's read into this deep because let's, if they we've been playing doctor too much on this uh, program. But you would think just to, just to try and make a positive spin out of this because we got to get that balance of being negative and positive. Okay. We have to get that sweet sweet middle ground, that gray area. I would you would think like you said that if they if they had done an initial test tonight and it said his hand exploded, I feel like they would we would know about that by now. So if he's going under undergoing further tests. Then that's probably to see. Okay, well, it's like a it's a minor thing, but how minor is it, or how you know something like that? I mean, if we knew anything really bad, the forty eight hours you were talking about would be more like seventy two or ninety six or yeah. whatever. It would be a uh, it would be a toxic toxic place if the Leafs just lost after you know such an important win or during such an important win. Uh, the guy th- that's really the glue for this defense right now, holding everything together. Who they just in the, signed in the absence of obviously. Uh, Morgan Riley and other spare parts. Um, so I think we have to look ahead now at Florida just because, you know, this this sort of the lead, right? It's, we're up and down. They need two good games in a row. And it's ex- especially important now uh, because the next game is against Florida, who 
they are playing as we speak so we're not going to have a result on this podcast or we might in live action have a uh, result in this podcast by the end but um it's the biggest game of the season to date is oh, the next they are game. winning they are, they are winning c- so. confirm- confirmed in the third period so i mean it could be even even though they were even though the leafs were able to get a win over the tampa bay lightning um but it is just so imperative that they keep this going not just because it's florida but because they can't they cannot afford to just keep going up and down like this this is their opportunity to build on something and it seems like completely paramount that they do that right yes and we're going to get into the, all the trade deadline stuff but let me tell you there is no way that this team has not heard the noise from their from their last loss Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way that this team is going to escape the absolute hellfire that they have been. I don't, I don't even think they have to had to have heard any noise. Yeah. Like, these, these, are, these are, like, kids that are on top of the world, right? Like, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. These guys are supposed to be cooler than cool, right? Mm-hmm. And losing to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver is the opposite of cooler than cool. It's it the most humbling thing humiliation. ever. Yeah. So, they know, without even opening Twitter, Instagram watching trade center whatever that this was the low point probably in their professional careers and that's including two game seven losses and a game six loss against the washington capitals in their first year yeah like this compares to those things and it's not really embarrassing to lose to the boston bruins in game seven it's not at all this is truly embarrassing so they knew that i'm not sure they were like you know all world tonight and really showed everyone up but they, they have to use that as motivation, mm-hmm. and that has to translate off this win to the next. Absolutely. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, they, this team is not – even if they – I think that they did hear some of that, though. Because, again, you said these are kids. Kids have social media, and as much as everyone wants to say, you know, they probably don't look at anything, they do. Like, it's impossible to escape the conversation in this town. It is. Like, my mom couldn't care less about about hockey or sports, and she was even bringing it up at, you know, dinner on, on a Sunday night. Well, like, let's be honest. David Ayer is not – letting anybody forget about his oh no his yeah this is your thing too like you he was on Col- he saved colbert I, last night i said out loud in the media room after the game i'm kind of surprised he's doing media and he's been he's been doing good morning america stephen colbert yep. he's cranking the wheel at the canes game he is a leafs employee who handed the maple leafs their most humiliating loss maybe ever like comparative to 4-1 in 2013. The city of Raleigh gave him his own day. Just, he is hamming it up, man. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe the extent in which he is reveling in this moment. It's it's wild that I want him to, but I'm like, this, when I'm looking at it yeah. from a Leafs perspective, I cannot believe it. He, children in Raleigh, North Carolina will live the rest of their lives celebrating David Ayer's day. You know nope. that he, he got his own day in it's, Raleigh. Like I it's mean, crazy. So, so this guy is dunking on your entire your, your entire franchise, your entire family. It's crazy. Um, I feel like this like this is different than any other embarrassment. Even after after Pittsburgh, that was a hockey game. <laughs> when they lost to David Ayers, that was not a hockey game. Mm-mm. That transcended sports. So if you go into Florida, the most important game of your season, and the thing is, is like last time they were in Florida. There was that Tyson Berry profile where it was talking about how, you know, him and the, him and, and, you know, all the young guys, they went to like, you know, a, a beach bar, a poolside bar, got some drinks, chilled on the beach. There was no practice that day. So they just did some golf. And it was like came at the worst time because then they played and lost like eight four against Florida. So there's there is double motivation here. Like this is this is a different side. This is a different sort of um, I don't know, like ilk if we're going to keep using that word of let's uh, do it let's do it this is a different ilk of game like if they if they don't show up to this one then i think that uh, we've seen their true character like this this is it i don't want to use one game sample sizes but like they just beat the best team in the league and if they can't then immediately turn around and beat their biggest rival at the moment but also a team that is actively giving away players i what what else are they going to do to me it's just how many setbacks can you really have yeah like this would be not only a significant step back just in like a competitive loss is is it's fine i guess if it was not the florida panthers but it's a setback if they lose regardless of their performance they could be good and just lose a game and it would be okay in the grand scheme of things because they'd live to fight another day if it was in nashville in dallas whatever but now is the, like now is the time where it's so important. This is the team you're you're going up against. This is four points. 
everything is on the line against the Florida Panthers, who, again, clearly don't look like they want it as bad as at least Leaf fans want it for the Leafs. I'm not going to use – I'm not going to put words in the mouth of the players of the Maple Leafs who haven't, like, proved everyone that they really care as much as yeah. everyone else seems to care. But this – like, it's time to put up or shut up. It can't be up and down. This time it has to be up and then up. I think they – like, even if Muzzin's out, th- there's no excuse. Like, Florida just gave away, for no reason, one of their top players, their second-line center. They just gave away Dennis Mulligan to them. Like, they should they should be able to come in and put up there. Like, it's – it's even – no ma- circumstances aside, you're in the middle of a playoff race. You're a professional hockey player. Go win a hockey game against a rival who you are duking it out with or duking it out, quote, quotations, because both these teams seem like, you know, it's going to be who want who wants it the less least – you know, getting in, which is a great way of putting it. Um, Just throw ilk out there and we'll make sense. Ilk, yeah. Ilk, ilk. Just this game is it's different kind of ilk. Okay, let's get into this game that we just watched because as much as we want to look forward and it's we have the right and the and we yeah. should be moving forward. It's our podcast. Forward we have the Florida. right to look forward. Uh we should it is a post game podcast. Yeah. So let's discuss what happened. This was obviously a much better game overall. Uh, from what we've seen over the last probably two weeks, with the exception of that Pittsburgh game, why was it better? I mean, there was just like a – again, it comes down to attention to detail. Like it, there was just an attention to detail here. Every player kind of knew what they were doing. Uh, there was there was a, a noted effort to get the puck and create separation and move it with urgency. And, you know, and all – like just go back to our Pittsburgh – our last Pittsburgh podcast and copy and paste exactly what was happening there because they came out and they performed like a hockey team that – is capable like the kind of hockey team they're capable of being like it's Tyson Berry you know took a point shot and it hit the net and hit someone's stick and hit the net and Mm -hmm. went in like they were doing they were doing these things that they've been trying to do all the time but they executed them better and it worked and their the big players stepped up that was that was the biggest thing for me is that a lot of the big names stepped up Jake Muzzin I mean we don't know how long he's going to be out but that guy called the team out again in Pittsburgh a while back and has just done nothing but walk the walk since. Like he has, he's stepped up offensively. He stepped up defensively. He's been like he's been the ultimate leader. And I and I honestly think like hot take here. Take the A off Marner's Marner's chest. Put it on Muzzins. What are we doing here? The guy's got a glorious beard. That has nothing to do with it. But I just wanted to throw it in there. He's been great. John Tavares, two goals. Not not a coincidence that he stepped up offensively too. He was also showing a lot more emotion than he usually does. There's a clip on Twitter of um, just some horrendous refing. He gets literally ragdolled by a guy twice. The ref is standing as far away from you, from me as you are, mm-hmm. and nothing. And Tavares is screaming his head off, and you like to see that kind of passion. William Nylander scores a gorgeous goal that made all of Twitter kind of faint for a second. Like, there were these things that came up. Frederick Anderson, I'm of the belief that he wasn't necessarily great this game. There was a time <laughs> after the uh, – yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a time after the th- the second goal where I where I had to delete. You know, Fred hasn't looked that great in the mm. notes and put and put something else in there. But um, he 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 did exactly what the Leafs need him to do. He made saves. He made the save that everyone's been yelling at him to do. It was just a better team effort. And there's a lot of work and growth in there that needs to happen. Marner and Matthews did not play very well. Um, again, Matthews is uh, maybe not again for Matthews, but Marner again has not played very well recently. And he didn't play well again tonight. But it was just a better collective effort, and if they can keep this going, it'd be just Bob's your uncle. The biggest sign for me it was just, it was a boring game, and that's like it was a Tampa Toronto. That should be high event, right? It should be completely crazy up and down. There was some moments of that. You yearn you know, for a boring game now. They were like there were moments on the power play where that was happening, but it tended to happen. There was shorthanded chances galore in this game, which is another thing entirely. Um, but it was a boring game. Seven shots for the Lightning in the first in regu- in uh, at even strength. Six in the second period. Like the Maple Leafs did a really good job of making things pretty easy on Frederick Anderson. I thought there were some moments in, on the penalty kill, like their penalty kill just does not look. No, it's 26th ranked right now. Yeah, and it did not look good against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that may not be first necessarily. But if if I had a if I was throwing a power play out in a game seven of the Stanley Cup Final, It'd I would probably theirs. pick the Tampa Bay Lightning's power play. Uh, so there were some moments there where it didn't look all that convincing, but I thought they really found a way to dull down a game against the most high-powered offense and most dangerous team probably in the league. So I think that's a good sign. I think it did a little bit come at, the ex- come at the expense of their offense. Like, they didn't look dangerous. You mentioned Matthews and Marner. They didn't look like they had it tonight. 
Uh, but there was moments that they just found a way to get it done. Freddie Gauthier getting in on that forecheck and opening that puck up Finally. for, for Spezza. Like he, there is no excuse for him to not do that once a game. At least. He has the body. He has the frame. He has actually some speed to get in on the forecheck. That should be happening more often than not. You mentioned Jake Muzzin. Like he, at one point, he's so confident right now. He was the third man to join a shorthanded rush, and he saved the shorthanded rush and made sure there was a an actual chance made out of it because Marner and Hyman couldn't hook up when they were breaking out. Uh, he's had it all of late, and hopefully he still has it all starting uh, Thursday or versus Still Florida. has his hand, at least. Still has his hand, yeah. But I, I just thought uh they were able to make things a little bit more everything was a little safer everything was more in control there wasn't these huge swings they didn't let things snowball after giving up uh the first goal they answered both of tampa's first or goals in the first and second period with two of their own to build their lead uh i thought it was a pretty professional performance and professionalism is what this team has lacked of late and you just saw players trying different things like casper Kapanen on a breakaway I saw him do a, a an actual deke. Not, it was actually nice, too. It he, was, he beat Vasilevsky with that, but just didn't get didn't it up finish. in the air. Didn't get it up in the air. Yeah, well, you know, finish might be a thing that he's lacking, although maybe not from his background, a I guess. nationality yes. standpoint. But, uh, no, it, like he was trying something different, which was great. Um, the Sand and Lilligren pairing. I'm yes. all for giving them more minutes. I'm all for, for trying, but they got eaten alive tonight. And not even after Jake Muzzin went out, like before. Yeah. Things actually improved somehow when they when Jake Muzzin went. Like I went Hockey to because I was like I was like man, Sandine's numbers are going to take a dive here, and it, they weren't actually that bad. Uh, when I did look at it, I'd, I'd have to look again to see. But we saw exactly what's going to happen when the playoffs roll around, if indeed the playoffs do roll around. Because if they're playing together, teams and good teams are going to do everything they can to get a, get their big guys out against those two. It happened on the first goal. I mean, a, I don't know what Alex Kerfoot was doing, trying to prevent or trying to knock down a what was a clearance and a, and a it should have been a pass or it should have been at least something that he got a stick on to Recurring avoid the theme. icing. Uh, but an inability to get the puck out from Kapanen and all of a sudden Stamkos and Kucherov were bearing down on Sandin. He was over aggressive and he just got sort of turnstile by the two of them uh, for the opening goal. I think this is gonna. This is gonna be. They're gonna be targeted, uh, and it, and I think they do. In a perfect world, Lilligan probably doesn't play. And I mean, when Riley comes back, he's the guy that comes out. I assume. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Sandine would be better in a spot where he could help out. I think. I think he'd be better if he was helping out a Tyson Berry. We can just be a little steady, and Barry can drive the play a little bit, and that just keeps the pressure off. Sand- I think they keep the pressure off each other with their sort of contrasting styles. Um, but if they are indeed together, those two young guys, they're going to be targeted. Uh, a good coach got them tonight. Didn't you know? It wasn't like uh, it wasn't the top line that got them on the second goal. They were out for the two goals in the first and second period. Uh, but they just sort of got out muscled there as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if this is a working pairing on a on a team that's going to win a playoff round. Uh, but I do think Sandine has a place. It, and but if he's overmatched, I think we're going to find out about it. I would love to see Rasmus Sandin get put on a pairing where he does not have to be the adult. Every, every that's, that's a good way of putting it. Like every, even even with the Marlies, ever since he's come to North America, he has always been have been forced to be the adult on his pairing. When and him, I like that from a del- development oh, mental standpoint. Oh, absolutely. But what? when you're trying to win games here and everything, or, yeah, situations change. Like he yeah. was with Lilgren on the Marlies, and they they were phenom- arguably the best pairing in the AHL together. But Sandin was absolutely the alpha on that pairing, and then he goes up to the N- he goes up to the NHL, and briefly he plays with Little Grin or whatever, and then he plays with Cece, and he absolutely has to be the the adult on that pairing because anyone who Cece plays with is gonna have to be the adult on that pairing, and then he's back with Little Grin, and I think he's playing phenomenally for a 19 year old. He's obviously taking a dip, but that's gonna happen when you're literally a teenager playing in the most pressure packed market in your first taste of NHL action. You know all the caveats here. But like it's it's not the greatest situation to be in now, but it gives us something to talk about. It's something interesting. It's something fun. Like Lilligren and Sandin are playing together. They're playing important minutes. They might have to play even more important minutes if, if Muzzin's down. And the fact that they were able to take a, a Muzzin injury and run and run with it is pretty. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Like Rasmus Sandin was out in the final minutes of the game, shutting down the Tampa Bay Lightning. Develop, um, holding on to a uh, you know a very sh- like a one goal lead like it was well, it, this is important. Well, for those who weren't like keen on Jake Muzzin sticking around, 
I, I know it's not a perfect comparison, but this was kind of what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Travis Dermott playing 11 minutes in the third period. Rasmus Sandin holding a one-goal lead against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final, in the waning moments. Like, Justin Hall continuing to play way over his head in terms of where he should be slotted. Like, oh, it is... Uh, it it's a huge it makes for a huge deal right now obviously if he's missing because there's no there's nothing there's Kyle no safety Dubas bars do. there, there is yeah no, there is nowhere to hide because they have what they have now they even traded like their reinforcements in the AHL like I would think Muzzin's out okay like yeah, you can did. you can dip into the AHL and you can get a <laughs> this pains me to even say this but you can get like a Ben Harper oh wait. He's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay, okay. I guess like a Jordan Schmaltz. He at least is played in the NHL. Nope, nope. He's been traded too. So I actually like off the top of my head that this is how far gone I am from Marley's coverage at this point. I don't know who they would call up on the back end. It'd be Rosen. That's why they got him. Yeah. Like literally, if Jake Muzzin's out, welcome back to the NHL, Cali Rosen. Yeah, but it's Marty Marincin time. I, I think, think they'd trust Rosen over Marincin at this they point. They might. They, and. So, I mean, that that's a pretty bleak outlook, right? And it's Oh, this and, is the most depressing the, conversation we've ever had. But you know what? It if We'll worry about Thursday, Thursday, but they did a pretty commendable job holding that lead. Against the Tampa Bay Lightning? It was, it was obviously the Lightning completely owned the period. All the metrics would favor them in a complete landslide. And they maybe if maybe they should have tied it. Maybe they earned a tie with the way they dominated that play. Uh but the Leafs battened down the hatches, and, and they found a way to keep it out of their net, at least on two occasions with, in the third. With just a hodgepodge of guys. Yeah. Like, the pairings were absurd by the you end couldn't, of it. You couldn't even, like, track them, really. Like, no. it was just next one over the boards, whoever's sort of caught their breath went back out there. This is going to be great for possession stats on natural stat trick when you're looking for time on ice with and time on ice without to see, like, for Corsi with, yeah, Corsi without. It's going to be like, disaster. oh, man, Tyson Berry and Travis Dermott, or no, Tyson Berry and uh, Timothy Lilgren, when they're paired together, they have great possession together. Oh, wait, they, they need to go for, like, 35 seconds. Okay, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Last thing from this game, with the way Dermott was able to sort of spearhead yes. protecting that lead. Could this potentially be a turning point or a launch point for his season? I hope so. I mean, it's I, people. Okay, an employee of Yahoo Sports, Thomas Williams, he loves to be the contrarian. And yes. when Dermot got beat on one of the goals, I went, "What has gone on with him? Like, we know he's better than this. We've seen him be better than this. What is happening with Travis Dermot right now?" And he was like, oh, Dermot leads the Leafs in goals above average. I'm like, please ask me if I care about that because he's clearly not doing anything. And then he proceeded to do a lot better. This has been the the most odd season from Travis Dermot imaginable because this is a guy who used to be energetic, jump up into the play, maybe even throw the body around a bit, be really active and engaged on defense. And we've seen just a lethargic player. And this was this was at least hinting towards a bit the Travis Dermott of old. And if he can if he can take this and make a trajectory out of it, then there you go. Like that's that you're you're essentially getting back a defenseman. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm sold on G A R as a I don't reliable metric. No. Like it's it, yeah. Have we gone too far? Have Tim numbers Tim. gone too far? Ah, <laughs> there's always numbers. That's the beauty about stats. There's always They're numbers. always self serving. You can find a way to pad your argument with stats. Remember, always. kids, there's always numbers. Always numbers. Okay, let's move on from this game. I think we're pretty uh, pretty brief. Yeah. Maybe too brief? No, we're probably right on. I think, you know what? This is this is a part one. I think I think right now this is this is a part one. Like the, the Florida, the it's not a trilogy, the Florida series. This right. is the part one of the Florida series. This is the, you know, a new, uh, you don't watch movies, so you won't get any of this. I know. But, but there's a movie series called Star Wars. Have you heard of this? Uh, yes. Okay. So I'm going to combine this into, this was, you know, the, the first half of, this is the this was A New Hope in the first half of Empire, and now Florida will be the last half of Empire in Return of the Jedi. Can they can they bring it on, on home? And I think we'll really understand where this team is at on Thursday night. I will not understand any of that, but I will know a little bit more about the Leafs Thursday. So let's go back to Monday and the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. The Leafs did absolutely nothing of note. They did something. They brought back Callie Rosen, and they jettisoned Michael Hutchinson, who can no longer sit in the dressing room and look kind of sad. Yeah. You know, does he? Okay. Hot take here. Does he get a video tribute when he comes back to Toronto? Oh, man, I didn't think What do you even that. put in there? 
Uh, mm. Does Hutchinson have a memorable moment? I cannot think of one. I mean, he shut out the the Islanders. Was there like a big save? Or I don't something? think so. He was he was on the bench during the playoffs last year. Garrett Sparks wasn't. He was on the bench. So uh, a lot of action shots of him. He's not as animated as Jack Campbell, though. So even then, it just doesn't compare. No, not enough stick taps. Not enough stick taps. It's it the fact that they were able to get an asset of you, any you're a kind. Big, big fan of that, eh? Well, it's just it, it the move <laughs> makes no the move doesn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things. I want to clarify that. I mean, like, unless he's playing top six. Like I'm not Thursday. a big fan of this move because that's like that's I don't know I don't even know what to compare that to. That's not being a big fan of nothing. But Michael Hutchinson statistically, and I I want to preface this because he's a great guy. He's a, the nicest guy in the world. But he was arguably the worst goalie in the NHL this year. Mm-hmm. And they were able to not just get an asset for him, but to get a, a, a decent, at least like borderline replacement level defensive asset who they know and who has performed the best and most comfortably in their organization in the past. That's not bad. That's that's decent. No, is, it's not bad. Is what is it what I wanted them to do? Absolutely not. And we'll get into that. But in a vacuum that's a win it's a tough beat for avs fans like you you're thinking Kreider, you're thinking the world we got all this money we got so much promise this season we have injuries we need something and they got a guy who's going to be their third goalie i guess and don't they have don't they they did get vladislav nemastikov but i think they got it could have done so much more uh but they got to settle for hutch but don't they isn't grubauer hurt right now he is they got frank kuz who wants to be called something other than frank Coos, but I, I prefer frank Coos. why why does he want to be called something other than frank that's France, his name it's like francaise or something okay well that's not happening so no i'm not gonna do that we're not uh bending to your will on that one unless the leafs play the avalanche in the stanley cup final and then i promise to get that right do you really though no yeah that's what i thought okay uh, so they really did nothing yes and uh, we've kind of shared our opinion on what we wanted them to yeah. do you were tweeting at 10 a.m. that they're really not going to do anything. <laughs> and, and I it, was right, okay? What do you mean you were right? Because they didn't do anything. But I was saying that all along. But people were like, they're, I was like, they're really not going to do anything. And everyone was like, it's 1030. And okay, I'm like, you, so you were right. You were right time, in that moment. Like, yeah. A, time is a construct, so relax. B, again, I'm right in my analysis. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you were, were you right in your belief that they should have done something? Oh, abs- I was fully wrong. I, well, no, that they should. Oh, have. they should have. I think they should have. Yeah. What do you wish they did? Like, okay. what was out there? Like Joe Thornton for f- the fifth round they got for, you know, Dude. stepping up and allowing Vegas to get its backup. Barclay Goodrow went for a first round pick. That's why they shouldn't have done anything. That's why they should have traded Casper Kapanen for more than that, and then parlayed that into a defensive help. Okay, but that, that I mean that takes like all these different teams that are willing they money to do laundered it. a pick. They straight up. Are you that kidding was, me? That was better than the Rosen act. That is better, and we're gonna get into that. But also. If you're telling me that it's all oh, that takes so many moving it parts, does, it's so difficult. They money laundered a pick. The I, the Islanders of Wild had their two high priced. That's uh, different. That's different. Disgruntled. One of them, which was face of the franchise, signing what a hundred million? I don't even know what it was. It was a ridiculous it's like ninety three or ninety seven or something. Some just something absurd. He agreed to waive. Lad agreed to waive, and they still couldn't come up with the framework of the deal. It is hard to make a deal. Million. It is hard to make a deal that involves three teams, Casperi, Kapanen, and all these other pieces. Like it was just wishful thinking that they were gonna get that done in the short time that it did. I think they should have moved Tyson Berry. I do too. But okay, so f- d- just on that point. Okay, we'll continue on that. That trade was was vetoed literally, and this is the report. Because Lou has a, if it gets leaked, it doesn't happen rule. I kind of like that. I, I, He's a bet, like, sticking to that when, you, this guy love like, he must love Zach Parise. Love him. Parise. Sorry, these guys changed in their names. Is it Parise? Parise, yes. It's Parse on NHL 09, so. Oh. Yeah. Better I, than Parise. It's Parse to me now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, no, I know. I kind of, yeah, ilk. I kind of respect it because. It's clearly a guy like he loves. He's had this huge history with. They they figured out a way to do it, but he's just like, you know what? I have rules. I have standards. I stick to them. It's pretty badass from Lou. You know what? I, I do like that. I also think it's insanely – it would have been really bad on his end, but like in, in the in – like think about if he's got this sick trade lined up 
and yet you get like some insider gets a wind of it and he's like nope i'm not gonna help that i'm not gonna help my team because i have standards i mean it's tough for the guys to like the the two involved in the deal like they're i mean they're kind of getting embarrassed a little bit andrew ladd's in the ahl i mean andrew ladd maybe to a lesser extent but zach parise is like okay we're you know we're dumping this guy with five and a half years left in his contract and you know i don't know close to 50 million we still have to pay yeah like uh i mean he accepted it once you accept it i mean you probably accept in your mind that it's happening and for it to not happen for those two kind of sucks just because of that reason i guess that lou uh you know his morals or his that happens standards that he lives by it's interesting uh but it just goes down to the fact that i just back to barry yes so much there's so much or not barry capita yes which is another thing because i don't think they want to i don't know if they want to get rid of capita right like we don't even know that for sure right um, but the, to make a move, whether involved either one of those two guys that was going to require something else to happen. I mean, you're already like every time you're making a deal, you're trying to pry out of one person. But when you have to pry out of a second person and everything has to work simultaneously, it's really difficult to do in short order. That's part Especially of the job. in a league where the money is so tight all the time and all the money has to work like the fact that that Vegas deal, we're going to get into it. But like all the little machinations that had to be involved in that. Like that, there's only so much time in the day that probably took them hours to do that one, or Pridham just did that one. I think it, that was just a Brandon Pridham. Like, it, yeah, there's so no Pridham way. gets an A for his deadline. Oh yeah, Pridham gets an A for everything. Pridham gets an A every time this team steps on the ice because they're able to step on the ice with as many play with the right amount of players. Yeah, it's, they it's, haven't been capped over yet. It's it's miraculous. Um, but I I just looked at this as an opera. Like the prices were sky high for these forwards it seemed it was weird the prices for forwards dwarfed the prices for defensemen like yeah Sammy Vatten went for like a fourth round pick and a prospect meanwhile Barclay Goodrow's getting a first Blake Coleman who's great but like or he's good he's not great and he's get, going for a first uh, a great prospect all this kind of stuff I just thought it was the perfect time to sell like to to pull a move with Casper Kapanen and look like he's a great player he, I, I'm, he helps this team, but if you could get a haul like that, and again, parlay something into maybe even like a, another marginal defenseman, like I'd much rather have an extra, bo- an extra decent body on the back end in the in lieu of this Muzzin injury now, than I would a healthy Casper Kapanen, who we have to like congratulate every time he doesn't do the same move every like every single night. So it's just. <laughs> You know, like it, at least it, he's getting them. He, he, look, he's getting them. But at the same time, it's like good for you. You tried something different, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's awesome. Three point two million dollars. We got to treat you like a baby. Like this is great. Damn. It's uh, and on and in the Tyson Berry like perspective, like I was told that apparently he was expecting to get traded. He was. Ex- it, it seemed to, like it. To your point, no, like I was told from people that apparently he was expected to get traded. Mm-hmm. Expected to go to either Calgary or expected to go to either Vancouver. And I think he had in his mind that that was going to happen. But the reports came in, I think, this morning. It was uh, Bob McKenzie on the radio. I think it was TSN 1250 or something. He said that apparently the uh, the offers for Barry were around the same margins as the Eric Gustafson or as the Vatanen ones yeah. or as the Vatanen deals. And as well, Myrtle said in his in his piece today that essentially the price that was set for Barry from the Leafs was astronomical. And he was essentially set like priced not to sell. Like he was, he was priced way too high. Well, so, I I don't like that move for them because you're you're putting Tyson Berry in a pretty yeah awful position. I will I needlessly. Don't, so I, if you're if you're just dangling them for the you know you're trying to appease the fans, I don't know who you're trying to appease because there's not many like if you're trying to appease a small group of of fans who wanted him gone or see or just notice that it's really poor asset management. Like that's not a good way to go about business. I think I, they I, thought. I, I think he was in a lose lose situation. He was I th- because. They weren't going to get much from Barry, it seems. If if they purposely priced him out, that's another thing. But look, you're going to keep him. You're probably not going to go very far this year. It's not looking particularly optimistic in that regard. And we're going to look back on this Kadri deal as being Kerfoot and the, the Barry rental that didn't even – that you would have never made that deal right now renting for Tyson Barry. Knowing what you want so, – knowing what we knew now, yeah. So, like, I think it was a really tough position to be in. But again, if you're going back to the asset management thing, making the move would have been the smart thing over adding in my in my view, because Tyson Berry, while they're obviously short on defense right now, he's not a guy that was a solution for this team. 
they you know when you have Jake Muzzin you you're you're trusting Sandine with and Liljegren with big minutes as is I mean I think the move would be to get rid of him rather than than to add but I really think he was in a lose-lose situation and and he just went with the status quo it's also like he's really well liked in the locker room apparently Mm -hmm. like he's very popular I think he's well I think that's like a league-wide thing yeah, but he's very well liked in the Leafs locker room. That's what that's what everyone's come out. That's what you know Myrtle said in the Leaf report today. That's what you know the, the reports are and everything. And I think that trading Tyson Berry would have been a stomachable move to gut the team and say no one is safe here. Like we just traded we 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 traded Nas for this guy. And now we're dealing dealing I, him for assets. I thought you were gonna say the other way around. Like it would be like discouraging to the room and sort no, of like, they don't deserve encouragement yeah. right now. Like it's well, no, but and, and that's part of the that's part of what they maybe that has maybe that has something to do with the way they played. Where cause yeah, his name has been out there for the last two weeks, and maybe they're just like you know what, like what's going on? Like yeah. this is this is our guy, and you're and you're gonna give up on us? Like I, and that's. That's not give up on him. But I mean, that's not the most mature thing or mature way to look at it. But also it's an understandable way to look at it because is it? because you just saw your coat or your GM go out and get Jack Campbell. And now you're gutting the team because you don't believe in us. There's a natural reaction to yep. that, I believe it. Absolutely. But at the same time, like I thought, look, you can't have you can't have a loss like that and not have some sort of change. And they did. They made some changes. But it wasn't from the active roster. They lost Dmitry Timoshov on waivers. We didn't even talk about that. Dmitry Timoshov's a Detroit Red Wing now, which is crazy. First liner, probably. Um, I think that, I think what they what they were looking at in this team is saying, look, we have we have patched all the holes you've wanted us to patch. We have, we have, we you needed a goalie, great. We traded Trevor Moore and two third round picks for Jack Campbell and for uh, Kyle Clifford. We got you a goalie. You didn't like the coach. We we ate forty million dollars to get rid of the coach and bring up the coach that everyone, the cool dad, the cool stepdad that everyone was wanting for and everyone's longing for. Great. So we did that for you. We, you wanted help on defense. Last year we got Jake Muzzin, no cost to the active roster. We got John Tavares for you. Every single time you have wanted something, we've gone out and given it to you. Now, especially after losing to your own Zamboni driver, this is on you. We are paying you $93 million, which is far over the cap. I don't care how many injuries there are. You figure this out yourself. We're not giving you reinforcements. We are not bailing you out this time. We are not putting this buck on us. This is entirely on you. Dubis, at his press conference, was shockingly candid in that way because he said essentially, he came out and said, I don't like, I don't, I'm not going to BS you and say I have a magical answer for why these guys are so up and down. I, I, I don't have the answer for that. I this just is, don't know what else he would say. This is Jekyll. No, if but he said he, he has it, then. No, All but right, then what go, is it? Let's go. But at the same time, it's like he came, like he looked like he talked to people like a person, and I think that his view is, essentially of it was like, figure this out. This is we 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 are paying you astronomical amounts of money because you think you the whole summer. This is Mitch Marner specifically. You told me you were a big boy and you deserve big boy money. Big boys deserve big boy money. Well, big boys when they get beat by their Zamboni driver, they respond and play big boy hockey. Mm-hmm. So show me that you can do that for the remaining 19 or however many games of the season there is. We're not going to give you any more def- any more help. We're not going to like purge our cupboards of anything else. This is the 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 answer is inside. Figure it out. I don't know how much I agree with that. I think there's merit to it. I would have liked to see in the context of the season, and we'll we'll get into kind of that. But it's a worthwhile message, I think, in in a vacuum. I agree wholeheartedly with it. I said it, I guess, maybe a week, ten a days ago. A million times. Like, that's too. what I believed in. That they just had to figure this out themselves because they don't need any more handouts. And Ryan Hayes on Overdrive said the other day, like, this team has been handed everything. We've been saying that too. But he, even Justin Hall, he brought up the thing. Like, you played good for twenty five games after being in the yeah. in the press box for for seventy one, and then all of a sudden we gave you six million dollars over three years. Like every single, like I know, I know they're trying to get ahead of things and, and get things done quickly, but there was no resistance there, right? Yeah. There was no, right. no resistance with Hall. There's no like, you know what? You we love what, all we love of what last you season. Did. We didn't love what you did down the stretch though. So let's find something that works between one and, you know, $2 million instead of 2 million, which was the pro- probably the premium on you. Like yeah. everything, Dubas has not dug in with anyone and the salary cap is not why they're struggling this year. It's really not. It's not at all. No. It's it's miscalculations on his part and underperformance on the part of the players, I believe. I think it's underperformance on the part of the players way more than it is miscalculations on his part. Well, he, he, he le- listen, he left Babcock and then Keefe with an incomplete defense. We're going to talk about this every week if yes. we keep doing this. But he did. 
He yeah, did. He did. And he that's did. the fact of the he matter. Did. So there's one hole. The other thing he did, and I think this is something that involves, you know, people with a higher pay grade than him, but he went into he continued to build a team that was incompatible with Mike Babcock, probably knowing that he was going to get rid of Mike Babcock. He didn't know so he couldn't get rid of him though. Exactly. So like that's another thing. Like that's But it, what else is he supposed to do then? I well I don't know for sure if he couldn't get rid of him. But I, I'm, I'm assuming we he all, did. We all I'm know assuming that. he did. We don't know but, that, but we all know that. But if he if you said no, Mike Babcock's no, not going anywhere, maybe, you know, try to come a little bit towards him. That would be what I would say. What he did is he built a team that was incompatible with the coach that he wasn't allowed to get rid of. Then he finally, after wasting the first quarter of the season, got rid of that coach. So this isn't like all of this has been a little bit flawed from the get-go here. Now, I think they're on the right path with the people that they have in line. But that destructive sort of stretch there has put them in this tough spot. Mm -hmm. And that, you just like there's no getting around that. They're in the position they're in is because they wasted a first quarter of the season. This team has still played really, really well on Sheldon Keefe if you just look at the record. But they're fighting to get out of the hill that they dug in the first month of the season. And that's because, you know, it was above Kyle Dubas's head, we think. But he also actively worked against his coach to make things bad. Like, going the way, going the way that he wanted totally and going the opposite way of Babcock like it was always going to create this hole that they that ended up happening. It probably got him to the desired result that he wanted, but I don't think that's what he was doing. He wasn't building a team to go south quickly so that he could get rid of Mike Babcock, right? But he so got Cody Cece and Ben Harper and guys like that. Exactly, and those were miscalculations on his part. He said that there's something with Cody Cece that we we see something in his performance, and he's going to be a good he's going to be a good player. For and that us. that's his and worst move by far. So he a made GM. a bad move there. That was the incomplete defense, as I talked about. But like this, a lot of things have contributed to the Leafs getting to this point and to the battle that they're in right now. Uh, and we could lay the blame on on whoever we want, but right now they are probably in the position that they want to be in from a personnel standpoint. But Dubas has made mistakes, and to go back to what I said at the start of this, he is allow he's made things easy on the players, and I think that has been reflected in their attitudes mm -hmm. over the last month. I'm I agree with that. I I I think that there is a mental aspect to the fact of this. These players are like, well, anything we want, we get. So let's just see how far including we can, getting rid of the coach let's uh, let's see how far we can push that at the same time though and i'm looking and we looking on this from a mic, uh, macro level um they don't have seasons to waste like they don't and and for people to say oh that like the the saturday saturday made them think we're not going to invest in this team this year well you don't have the luxury of decide of punting you can't punt anymore john tavares is due 11 million dollars until 2025 and he's turning 30 next year yep Frederick Anderson is, you know, poor as he's been this season, is on the is gonna head into the last year, year. Last year of his deal. Two more years for Riley. This two is more, a wasted year for Riley. Two more years for Riley. Yeah. This you might as well write this off. You might as well you might as well throw out all of the stats you have from this year on Riley because he wasn't the player who he who he wasn't he wasn't Morgan Riley for the time that he was on the ice and then he just vanished. No, but if he comes back, I mean that's as big of an addition to yes. current rosters as you could make you know, in the later stages of the season. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's why they should go with what they have. That's mm -hmm. why, like, the back to the sort of the beginning of this discussion is they're going to get some bodies back, but they've severely underperformed, and they've been paid to do something in the playoffs. They've been paid like superstars that shouldn't need too many excuses. So put it in their hands. Hopefully Morgan Riley gets back and knocks everyone back into place. Jake Muzzin isn't out for very long or isn't long out at all. And maybe they have something here, but they are in a difficult spot. And to double down on this season, considering what they have in the in the farm, on the farm, and the picks that they have left, I mean, they're doing – they did all they can to get a fifth-round pick. We still haven't got to it. But, like, that's sort of – that's a reflection of what's in the cupboard right now. Yeah. Like, getting one more pick, they'll flex their – they'll pay the money all, like, every time. They have 11 picks in the draft now and no first-rounder. But they're all late. They're yeah. Like they're five, six, seven. Yeah. They're pretty. They're stocked up there. So, uh, and it uh, again, it gets back to the first point. We both believe. I think that they should not have necessarily went full out and spent all their resources. You would have liked to see a creative trade. I don't want to see anything at all because I believe this team has it in them to figure it out. 
I think they do too. At the same time, if there's an opportunity to improve your team, I think you take it. And like, you can't tell me that no one could have offered if if Casper Kapanen was put out on the market, he wouldn't have gotten an exorbitant package. And I know that it's tough to put together another deal with all these moving pieces, but you're a GM. That's what you're paid to do. And yes, I think that there are answers internally. But at the same time, you look around at everyone that the Leafs are going to possibly tangle with in the playoffs, and they all loaded up. Boston got Andre Kasha. Carolina got everybody. Carolina got so got Brady Shea, uh, Vincent Trocheck. I'm missing other uh, Sammy Vatanen. Yeah. All these guys. The but they're Flyer, not Brett Pesci and Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, but the Flyer. Yeah, but who knows? The Flyers. The Flyers got Derek Grant, and the most hilarious tweet on the planet was the Flyers miss out on uh, Pajot, so they get Nate Thompson. Great. Well, they still got Derek. They still got Derek Grant. Uh, like the Lightning got Coleman and Goodrow. You know, like they're the every uh, everyone around this team is is bulking up for a playoff run right now. And I know that they're. I know that getting Riley back is going to look like it, that's your deadline move. Right. But I I really do think that there was an opportunity out there to do something and improve the team. And I don't. And I think that I think that the the weight of importance between sending a message. And bringing intangible, I think, assets to improve your roster in the lead up in an arms race that's really developing. I don't, I don't, I, like, I don't know if they if they outweigh each other. I just don't. Like, I, I, this was, I just, I don't feel comfortable in seeing how the Leafs have performed this year, and them going into the trade deadline the last day to bring meaningful change to a roster that has shown time and time again they're not ready for contention and not do anything. I'm a little wary on that. I think we should move on, but okay. I, I will just say if a Casper Kapanen deal is going to happen, it should happen when 31 or 30 yeah. other teams are potentially in play here. I do agree with that. So yeah, you're if right. you're going to do it in, in haste, maybe there's only four teams that are really that are interested. And then and then the pro then, you know, the leverage is is less and the opportunity to really hit a home run is probably a little bit more unlikely. There is one thing that I did not like from the Kyle Dubas presser. Ooh, that what did you not like? I didn't like how he said it was a no-win situation <laughs> against David Ayers. Yeah, that made no sense at all. It was it was a must-win situation, <laughs> not a no-win situation. It was a must-win situation. For example, think, you could have won. Yeah, to think that was a no-win situation. Okay, <laughs> you're worried about the feelings of David Ayers. He's not worried about the feelings of you guys right now. He, and I don't want to go over it once again, but like But you there, want to. There is no reason for him to say something like that. At that it just it's not true. It's just not true. And that's troubling if he thinks that that's the if he if he weighed the actual emotions of of a low-level employee over the success of the team. Like I'm sorry, that's You know what you do in that situation? It's troubling. You make it 4-3, you come out for the third period, you see he's in that you play hard straight line hockey some of what you did tonight, you create scoring chances in the first five minutes. You don't allow anything on you, on Frederick Anderson, and you take the lead. And then what do you do? You play like the Carolina Hurricanes play. You sit back. You don't embarrass the guy, but you get a lead that's comfortable and win a game that you should win. It was a must-win game, not a no-win situation. The fact that he said, like, no win is such a slap, uh, slap in the face. I usually think that Dubas handles press conferences very well. But to say that to use the word no win when the when the alternative was your team winning the game, like your team winning, the only thing that matters is winning hockey games. How is it a no win situation? There are two options when you walk into an NHL rank. You either leave a winner or you leave a loser. And the Leafs left as the biggest losers in sports that night. <laughs> the op the opposite of that is winning the damn hockey game. It just makes uh, it was win a game you shouldn't win or be a punchline. I'd much rather be the bully than be the guy, than be the people who are getting dunked on on a national scale. Not even be the bully. Just be the guy, just like, you know, just be the person that should win the game, win the game in, you know, like a prefer, uh, mature and, you know, professional manner. And then just being gracious to the person that you ended up beating, which was your 42-year-old Zamboni driver. LeBron James, game seven of the NBA Finals. If let's everyone on the Warriors gets hurt, and he has to and the main primary guy who's defending him is Gary from accounting. He's going to he's going to embarrass Gary for the like in front of everyone watching. Then he's going to sign his shoes after yeah, and, and put him in Gary's hands. And do a jersey swap and it'll be great. LeBron James doesn't have to take the drink out of the beer, but he's got to make the shot over 
over whoever def- whoever was hapless OG. defender it was, it was with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it, but just like, don't drink the beer, win the game. It's just like it doesn't matter who's there. Elite athletes, elite talents, winners win no matter what is happening. Winners win no if it's no matter if they're the David or the Goliath in the situation. So to say to say this is a no that was a no win situation is such a weak concept. Is such a like this. I don't think that Dubis is is the culprit for a lot of the mentally weak aspects of this team. I think it's entitlement. I think it is, you know, the fact that they're that the, everyone is young. There are no there are barely any players above thirty, and the players who were above thirty, opposed to Jason Spezza, were making way more than they should have. So there was always an entitled situation around around the team. <laughs> but to say that it was a no win situation, that is playing into just the defeatist you know, like loser attitude that this team has shown. And I, I really hope that that's not how he thinks about most situations like that. And I hope that, that was just a slip of the tongue or something. He was on a little, I think he was under a little stress. I wasn't actually there. We were doing a lot of stuff in the studio here, but he looks stressed. Oh he, yeah. I mean, a long day of, you know, calling GMs and trying to get something done is going to be probably, you know, you can probably see it on someone. He's probably wearing mm-hmm. the stress of the day. Uh, he was but wearing he's usually. His- he was wearing his press conference cardigan. He was. He was. It's a good cardigan. It is a good. He was, yeah. but he, he's usually real polished and really like first day of training camp. He's saying everyone's name. He's like really, he's on it, right? Yeah. Does he say your name? He said it once. Wow. He's, uh, yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. On the first day. It's yeah. a first day thing. Anyway, uh, last point is that the Maple Leafs money laundered to get a pick. We promised we'd get there. And we are. Martin's Desercals went Zircles. somewhere. For a <laughs> for a for a fifth round pick, uh, I've seen that name written down a bunch of times. I've never said it in my life though. It's Zerkals. Zerkals. Yeah, no, no, I got it now. I, got I it. covered four games with him on the Marlies in seventeen eighteen. Didn't do much. Went back to the ECHL. Said I don't like being in the ECHL. I'm never playing for you guys again. And we never saw him ever again. Ever after that. There you go. That's we won't the story see him again. But uh, end of an era though. The Maple Leafs used their financial flexibility, which is amazing. They took on $1.1 million of Robin Leonard's salary from Chicago to Vegas uh, to buy themselves a fifth-round pick with Zierkels. Yes. Boom, you got it. Uh, Quick learner. And now, you know, they've got one more, you know, lottery ticket in their pocket for this summer. Um, But, you know, a pretty good job by them or a pretty good job by Brendan Pridham to at least Mm -hmm. add to what was a largely – nothing day the thing that was we, the thing that's tragic about martin zierkels is that he's actually pretty good okay like he's like uh, scott wheeler he always does his prospect rankings and his prospect breakdowns and zierkels is always one of the honorable mentions of intriguing talents like if he if, if if his hockey sense improves just watch out like because he's got all the skill in the world but he was never going to play for the leafs he asked for a trade and again i can't this goes back to another thing. I, I don't want to go on a tangent, so I'll try to keep it brief. But, like, all of these players who are asking for trades on the Leafs, we've oh, heard Tim- – Timoshov. Timoshov, Ben Dude. Harper, Jeremy Bracco, and now Martin's, and Martin Zierkals before. I, can, like, I, I can't imagine of, that. How, how does that conversation happen? For some of them, I get it. Like, I think the one thing that they do is they promise a lot – they promise money to these guys to come over, and it's pretty much, you know, you're going to get paid, but you're probably going to be in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they probably say, if we find a way to get you somewhere else, we'll get you somewhere else because yeah. we're going to pay most of your salary, and maybe we can get you – Then so that's maybe something that goes into it. But Timoshov never should have made this team. It was never really on anyone's radar to make this team. Lasted 150 days of making NHL money. I'm not sure if it was all guaranteed or what. But he lived the good life for a long time. Yeah. He lived life in the show for a long time. Under and two then, coaches. And then he had the audacity when he should have probably only been here a couple couple weeks, if that. He should have been I thought cap. he made the team only because yeah. they had to get all the way to the cap so that they could maximize yeah. their LTIR. So he was only a throw-in on this team to make sure that the money worked. Is That's my belief, at least. I don't know that for a fact. But he decides, you know what? You having I'm some trouble? Pl- I'm not playing enough. Yeah. I'm not playing enough. I can't believe I should be in this lineup. The gall, like the sheer audacity to it's walk. Pretty in. remarkable. I, I tweeted out, but it, it is like it, it has entered my brain the last little bit. I can't imagine, like Im- imagining Dmitry Timoshov, unironically, straight face, knocking on Kyle Dubas's door or office, and and be like, "Hey, Kyle, do you have a minute?" And Kyle goes, "Sure, Dimitro, Like, whatever. It's great. It's great to have you up here." Walks into his office, sits down. Can I get you a thing of water? Can I get coffee or anything? No, it's good. It's fine. No, just a trade. 
so <laughs> like so uh so what'd you like to talk to me about sorry i ruined your story there um i would not like to be here anymore because i feel like i earn i deserve more oh you're the same dimitro timishov who was a healthy scratch on the marlies in december right mm. when you got pound when you got pounded by the providence bruins eight nothing on your own home ice you're, you're that same dimitro timishov oh cool yeah you're not getting a trade I'm not doing that. I'm not spending. I, I'm the GM of the most important team in the NHL. We are in cap Armageddon right now. I am, de- I am straight up committing tax fraud to keep this team <laughs> salary cap compliant. I'm not spending an iota of my mental bandwidth on Dmitro Timishov. It just it, bo- it boggles my mind. It's pretty remarkable. Um, but it was, and it was a very unremarkable trade deadline by the Leafs. It was. Yeah. Maybe uh... – we we'll always have next year. But it was a great trade deadline overall. So we it was have pretty that. good. It was fun. We have that to keep in our hearts. Uh, what we will keep in our hearts is a result. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> Thursday night, Florida Panthers, sunrise. Power through. Power through. Sunrise, Florida. Uh, the, most, the next most important game of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who really, really need that one, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. Uh, we will break it down then because this is only act one of their Florida trip, and mm-hmm. we need act two. Because that's how some movies work, and you love movies, and I don't. I sure do. You're, you are right in that analysis right that there. That was another terrible segue, so we're just going to leave it there. I'm done. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 